Have you thought this through? No way will that work. Are you sure? Is there any money in that? You'll never make any money doing that. How are you going to get the mortgage? Just get a job. You're going to try to tell that? Why can't you be normal like anybody else? All right. Were your parents morons too? Savvy entrepreneur to the rescue! Congratulations, that really turned out well. I'm really good job. I'm really, really. You know, I wish I had thought of that. I never thought of anyone then. How did you do that? I'm so glad you're here. I wish I had the courage to follow my dreams. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Savvy Entrepreneur Show. If you're an entrepreneur or a small business person, or you're thinking about becoming one, listen up because this show is for you. I'm Doris Nagel, your host for the next hour. I've counseled lots of startups. I have many friends who are entrepreneurs and I myself have either started or helped start a number of businesses. Oh, I have made mistakes. I could go on for a long time about all the mistakes I've made. And if you couple those with the ones that my clients have made and my friends, that's a lot of mistakes. And so, The first goal of the show is to provide information and resources. If I can help just one of you out there not to make some of the mistakes I've made or seen, then I'm happy. The second goal is to inspire because I found being an entrepreneur confusing, lonely. You have no idea if you're on the right track or where to turn for good advice. So every week on the show, I have guests who are willing to share their stories and advice. And this week's guest is Jackie Camacho Ruiz, and she is the owner and founder of JJR Marketing. And she's also an author and has some very interesting approaches and ideas and thoughts and suggestions for those of you out there on marketing and public relations. Jackie, welcome to the Savvy Entrepreneur Show. Thanks so much for being with me today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm I'm really excited about being here, number one, and two, speaking about one of my favorite subjects in the whole wide world. Well, and that would be what? Marketing. <laughs> marketing. Oh, my goodness. Yes. For, for lack of marketing, so many businesses have ended up in the dustbin, right? Absolutely. Yes. So and what does lack of understanding? Yeah. So what does your company do? Talk about JJR Marketing. Why did you found it? Who's it designed to help? And who are your key customers? JJR Marketing was established in 2006 with the idea of becoming the outsourced marketing department for many companies in need of thought leadership, positioning, uh, media placements, content creation, design, and uh, overall branding and positioning. We uh, primarily have focused on helping companies in manufacturing, IT, professional services, and nonprofit organizations. And um, as I mentioned, I mean, we have become the right hand for so many of those businesses that need content, creative, execution, deployment, uh, outreach to the media. We typically find ourselves working with uh, 35 to 65 Caucasian CEOs leading at the helm of companies. Lately, we've diversified more in other spaces, mostly B2B, but we do work with a lot of uh, B2C entities as well. 
Well, you know, your website also says you do public relations. I think this is a common misconception or source of confusion. What's the difference between public relations and marketing? Absolutely. Well, marketing is is a um, kind of a combination between science and art that allows the marketer or whoever is employing the marketer, the marketing, to create an ecosystem where people would be inspired, you know, to take an action. Uh, whereas PR is the ability to persuade, communicate with media outlets about trends that are going on in order to position someone as a thought leader or to persuade them on a specific uh, topic of conversation that will be valuable to their audience. So in essence, PR is the ability to secure third-party endorsements in order for us to create an ecosystem of people raising their hands and saying, I want to work with that company. So marketing is definitely more direct than PR, but the weight of PR and the weight of that magic is absolutely amazing. Somebody, a reputable media source saying you are amazing is 10 times more powerful than you saying you're amazing. Yes, I could I could understand that entirely. How did you get into this? How did it become your passion? You know, I actually started in the sales realm. I was working with Marriott. Not Marriott. really, sales? Sales, yes. I thought sales and marketing never talked to each other. That's oh, they we hate each other uh, for the most part. But I figured out <laughs> a way, and this is actually what led me to PR. So it was fascinating because I was doing sales, and I realized in order for you to have a sale, you need to have somebody autograph a piece of paper, right? That constitutes a sale. But then I figured out, like, hmm, what if I just create the context? where that same individual could be inspired to autograph that paper, to sign it, to give approval, right? And that's what I thought marketing was. And I really love the idea of understanding what they needed, what they were going through in order for them to be inspired for that call to action. And then I found PR, I'm like, wow, I don't even need to talk to them. I could just talk to somebody else and say how amazing they are <laughs> to secure a third-party endorsement so they could be inspired to sign that piece of paper, right? So it was a progressive thing. And of course, I still do all of the above, right? As, 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 as a CEO of the helm of a marketing agency and a publishing company, I still do a lot of sales. With well, us. right, you still have to sell to clients. A lot of people who are in service businesses, and I was, I, I think I was guilty of this when I first started out offering consulting services. I thought that if I demonstrated my expertise, people would flock. And you know what? You need to be a salesperson too in order to close business with companies, right? I mean, you won't have any clients if you can't sell to them and, and close those deals. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a, um, we as entrepreneurs, as you were talking about, I, I wrote a book called The Little Book of Business Secrets at Work. That was my first book back in 2010. And those were the little book of business secrets that actually work, right? Imagine if I were to write the ones that didn't work, right? And <laughs> right. I mean, it would have been like a never ending Bible, you know, of or encyclopedia. And that's the same thing, you know, it's like as entrepreneurs, we have to do everything right. from sales 
through janitorial services in our office, whatever right. it might be. It's just, um, you know, the ability for us to think extemporaneously, think outside the box, go from, in my case, sales, marketing, PR, management, administration, hiring, firing, strategy, accounting, financial. You know, it's just... Uh, but that's what makes it so exciting to be an entrepreneur for me. It, it is, and your your point is spot on about, although it might be kind of a funny book, I think the, the problem would be it would be a very long book of little book of business mistakes would probably turn into a big book of, <laughs> of business mistakes pretty fast because, you know, if you look at the statistics, the vast majority of small businesses don't make it past, say, five years and so, you know, there's a lot of us out there making a lot of mistakes. So you're passionate about five types of marketing. How did you come up with this system of organizing the types of marketing? I, I guess first talk about what are those five types of marketing from the way that you and your company look at marketing? Well, you know what? I have been on a quest, Doris on a quest to answer the most important questions in the marketing field. And I've been doing this for almost 20 years and almost 17 years as an entrepreneur at the helm of one of the top agencies here in Chicago, deemed by three third-party research firms. So I have come in touch with so many different problems that I have to solve with various industries. And the question had always been, you know, wow, marketing is created equal. You people take the approach of spraying and praying or throw spaghetti on the wall. Oh, I've done spray. that. I've right? done that. Yeah. <laughs> I, you can spend it, your entire days and weeks doing nothing but flinging stuff out there on Twitter and LinkedIn and Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing is that it does not give us the answers that we're looking for. And oftentimes, most of the time, Doris, businesses are frustrated, overwhelmed, disappointed at the results with marketing, spending thousands upon thousands of dollars, not getting the results they want. So I went on a quest about a decade ago. I said, you know what? There's got to be a solution. And my mission is always to make it easy. Right. I'm not asking people to understand what I do. My job, my mission is to help them land on their goals and objectives. Right. And like I said earlier, it's a science and it's an art. And if you can combine the two and intercept those two worlds to produce results for the clients, that's what I always aim for. So in that quest, I started realizing that if I did a website for a client and they were expecting thousands of leads to come in, that was a completely out of touch of our reality expectation, right? Because building a website does not mean that people are going to flock to you and you're going to have thousands of people coming your way. No. It basically means that now you've established a presence. So to me, I call that foundational marketing. If you say, I'm going to be in business, you have certain requirements, certain touch points, certain vehicles that have to be in place without a doubt for you to be recognized as someone that exists in a business sense. And the results on that are completely different. So 
So for companies that are already established, foundational marketing could be revamping logos, mm-hmm. revamping content to to basically retrofit the content to adjust to their future state of the company or where they, they're going or a new audience they want to tap into. That's foundational marketing. It's establishing the ground rules, establishing literally the foundation of where they are, where they want to go, and looking at their marketing and all their touch points from that lens. And that's something that everyone should consider as a new startup company, as a as an established business. Always go back and zoom out, see your foundational marketing, what needs to be changed so you can continue to constantly evolve. How, how yeah. often do you think people should go back and relook at their foundational marketing to make sure it's still consistent and still tells the story that they want to tell? I would recommend they do it every three to five years. You know, that is, um, you know, long enough and short enough at the same time to be able to just ask those questions. Are we still on track? Are we, you know, from the overall perspective, right? I mean, obviously, as things are coming up and you, you know, extemporaneously making decisions, but overall as a brand, going back and looking at every touch point, the inventory of all of the things that have your logo on, I, I would say, you know, three to five years extensively. That actually leads us to the next type of marketing, which which is executional marketing. It's one of my favorites because really this is where the rubber meets the road. This is almost like the carpet in a house. It's the constant, ongoing, regular interval communication that allows us to say, I am alive, I am present, I have a commitment with my audience, and I communicate and I add value to them. So this could be a combination of Again, regular intervals of communication that include blogs, you know, that happen on a monthly basis, social media posts that happen three times a week, an email blast that goes out to the clients once a month. Give you an example. I've been sending out a newsletter slash email blast for the last 87 months. Oh, my goodness. I would call that consistent. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, the important thing, quality and consistency. Well, I'm sure the quality is very good, too, but the consistency is the commitment to that is obviously there. Yes. And you know what? That is uh, my commitment to that. And, And sometimes you starting executional marketing and you starting a blog, for example, right, and doing it for three months and then stopping it is worse than not starting the blog at all. So in other words, if you are saying with executional marketing, I commit to this monthly email blast, social media, the audience should begin to feel a sense of expectation, sense of excitement. And that's what executional marketing does. Usually communications are 85% educational and 15% promotional and allows people to raise their hand and say, I am ready to work with you. I love the value that you're bringing me. I love your monthly communications. I am ready to do this. And, you know, I have a client, for example, that has come back to us three times because she was part of our communications and she's come back three times with three of her businesses so that we can rebrand it, create it, relaunch it, make it come to play because of our 88 communications, you know, from our company. You know, you raise an interesting point, which is the consistency. If you're starting to blog or you're posting on LinkedIn or whatever you've chosen, you need to be consistent. But at some point, you may find that it just isn't the right place or you're not hitting 
the right tone. So how, how long is, I mean, at the other end of the spectrum is you just continue to, to blog and blog and blog and you get nothing. So at what point should you relook at what you're doing if it's not delivering the results? You know, the, the virtue of a marketer is to take the pulse on the results and the KPIs. So from the very beginning, when it comes to executional marketing, you should very be very specific. Again, it's a science. You know, it's as much as an art as a science. So when you look ahead and say, why am I doing this? Why is this deployment important to me? And what are my expectations? Am I looking to grow followers? Am I looking to generate leads? Am I looking to, you know, create ambassadors for my brand out of this initiative? Do I want to get more engagement? So you take a step forward and say, where do I want to go? And then take a step back to say, what are my key performance indicators that connect to the why of this initiative? So you say, well, my key performance indicators are increasing my following by 30%, you know, creating, you know, closing two leads a month, uh, doing X, Y, Z. Then you will always have a vision and a pulse of where you're going. So if something is not giving you the results that you're looking for, but some, some other thing is, then focus on those things for your audience that give you that kind of result. So it's constantly looking at it every month, looking at the numbers and saying, how are we measuring against those numbers? Are we getting closer or are we getting farther away? Uh, one, of the, one of the biggest uh, things that I see happening with executional marketing is the lack of commitment, right? Because, you know, the first two, three months, everybody's excited, like, wow, we have a new email blog, you know, yes. email blog or a vlog. Yeah, newsletter, it looks great, you know. And then month four rolls around and uh, nothing happens. So what happens in that process and how can you counteract that? The best way is planning you know, Brian Tracy said, you will save 10 minutes for every one minute in the execution of that plan for every one minute you plan. So planning ahead, creating an editorial calendar saying, you know what, we have the next three months figured out and you prepare monthly three months at a time and you'll always be ahead of the game and you'll always be on top of it. And that way, you know, it creates that vision for your for your team and it gives you the opportunity to look back and, you know, strategize. Just thinking aloud here, one of the challenges for you in working with your clients is probably carefully managing their expectations because, as you say, people write the check and they have this website or they have this nice new newsletter and they get all excited, but then it's probably very important to to really manage their expectations so that when month three rolls around and they still don't have maybe what they hoped (laughs) is that are they being realistic you know and so as you say developing those kpis and then managing to them but uh, i personally have seen and i probably have been guilty of this of thinking you're going to get results sooner than you are. Yes. And that's exactly why I created this methodology, because as I encountered uh, conversations like you're talking about, where I say, hey, you know, we're doing a website and we expect X, Y, Z. And I needed to come up with something that would explain to them that things, the things that they're doing, the things they need, 
to create that foundation are not the things that are going to help them get to where they want to be. And, uh, um, and I also created an assessment where I, on the, on the onset of any relationship with a client, especially when we become their outsourced marketing department, they fill out a questionnaire that allows them to see where they rank in the five type of marketing methodology assessment. And literally out of a hundred, they get a score. Like a couple of days ago, we had a prospect uh, take a um, one of the assessments and he came back with a score of 38. Uh-huh. That means that we have all of the opportunity. We have 62% of an amazing opportunity to, to get him where he needs to be. Uh, oh, I took the assessment just for fun. I scored lower than that. So that's kind of <laughs> Yes. And so it, it gives us a benchmark, right? Again, it's a science and it's an art. And, uh, you know, the third type of marketing is time bound. Is the type of marketing that you layer on top of the executional marketing in order to provoke, in order to create a context of immediate response. So time-bound marketing allows us to gauge the interest of an audience based on their participation in something of a, in a place and a specific time. It could be online or it could be in person. So, you know, what do you do to prepare for a time-bound marketing initiative? And what do you do to, you know, in the meantime, and what do you do to close it? So we have so, this- so is t- time bound marketing related to events, or is that maybe only one kind of time bound marketing? No, time bound marketing is anything that happens at a place in time. And yes, events, webinars, workshops, presentations, all of that is part of time bound marketing because we know that it has to happen on a Tuesday at this time, right? Many people um, do quarterly events. you know, on top of their execution of marketing. And that's their strategy. Sometimes people do one big event a year. Sometimes they do monthly webinars or monthly events. It depends on the commitment to the company, right? And the, and the manpower and their resources and their budget and all of that stuff. But time-bound marketing is important for every and any kind of business because it allows you to get in front of an audience and in front of that connection. Why do you need to have time-bound marketing in addition to executional marketing? I mean, you know, I think about executional marketing as kind of like you, you put the mousetrap with the cheese out there and eventually some mice will come along. But why do you need time-bound marketing in addition to that? Time-bound marketing is a very pragmatic way to gauge the interest of an audience, right? It's the ultimate way to gauge engagement. Now, when you are posting on a, on a regular time interval basis, you're not necessarily asking much of the audience, right? They might like it. They might click on it. They might share it. But when you, when you talk about, uh, you know, time-bound marketing, you allow an opportunity for people to come together and make the deepest connection to your company in that space in time. And it's probably the type of marketing that requires the most action on the audience part, right? I mean, imagine an event, a live event. Um, those connections are cannot be replaced with a monthly email blast, with a monthly uh, social media post. They can only happen, you know, in that kind of environment, right? The in-person events where you're adding value, you're connecting with that. So every company, whether it's one, two, three, four, you know, 
time-bound initiatives, they should always consider doing that to, to really gauge the interest and make deeper connections with their audience. Okay, so we have foundational marketing, executional marketing, and time-bound marketing. What's the fourth kind? Innovative marketing. One of my favorites is probably the type of marketing that requires the most planning and the most budget and the most creativity and innovation. Give you an idea. Uh, you've heard of that ice bucket challenge, right? The MS uh, uh, Society created that. And there was probably a group of people in a boardroom with sticky notes and big, you know, boards and color <laughs> markers, coming to, you know, putting together a a marketing campaign that they had no idea that it was going to become viral, but it certainly had all the ingredients of doing that. They had the challenge component, had the call to action, it had the emotional connection, and it activated an entire world, you know, with challenging each other with that ice bucket challenge. And in the meantime, educating the audience about MS and, and sharing the stories and, you know, raising a lot of funds. So, Innovative marketing is something that is indirectly related to the company, but uh, something that has the ability to become viral. For example, your company that is in roofing decides to create the roofing Rockstar, Rocky Awards, right? To bring up and, up and coming uh, talent into the marketplace. Things that are completely off the radar, or you're doing a campaign where you're honoring local teachers, right? And you're bringing the community together. It's not to sell roofs, but it's to really genuinely honor teachers. And it creates this innovation. Or you may be partnered with a city because you love butterflies and you partner with a city to create this metal butterflies that the businesses can decorate and put throughout in the month of April. That's innovation. I right. did a campaign with the city of Berwyn where we picked... 12 young ladies to get up on stage. We train them, we coach them to share a message to the world, right? 12 minutes on stage, like a TED talk. It's called Young Latina Talks. And I partner up with the city so that the first time it's ever, ever happened in the city of Berwyn, right in front of City Hall, we had these big posters of the 12 young ladies that were chosen to participate in this program with their faces on the main road of Berwyn, right in front of City Hall. Now, that was completely innovative, completely different, and it created the emotional connection, the call to action, the magic, all of that in the community. And, and those type of initiatives are the ones that look, you know, make people look, you know, again and make people, you know, be inspired and say, wow. They're, they're often quite memorable and maybe unexpected sometimes, too. And they're visual. They're very visual. Okay. So what's the fifth kind of marketing? The fifth one is cause marketing. Oh my gosh, this is one of my oh, most treasured type of marketing because many companies that give back to the community do not oftentimes know how to basically toot their horn in a very graceful way. All right, like, I agree with that. To a nonprofit organization and you're thinking, you know, this is the best kept secret, but guess what? There are beautiful, amazing ways to strategically and intentionally partner up with a nonprofit organization with a local cause to say, I want to make a difference. And I'm doing this in a very graceful way that allows me to raise more money for you, more connections. And as a byproduct of that, 
people know that I mean well, that these are my core values, that these are the things that make our company, you know, the company that it is. And it really solidifies the relationship with your clients. It puts you on the spotlight in a very graceful way for prospects that say, wow, I love their core values. Anytime that you partner up with a nonprofit organization that, you know, is willing to share the feel good story in the community, not only can it produce media placements for photo ops, but it could also solidify the emotional connection we have you have with your prospects and your clients by letting them know what you believe in and letting them know that you're going out of your way in a very indirect uh, way to impact the community. But indirectly, you're also elevating the message of your company and who you are. Amazing. You've developed five different types of marketing. There's foundational, executional, time-based, innovative, and cause-based. I'm curious why you've come up with this framework. How do you find that this has helped businesses? Because I would say most traditional marketing firms talk about, oh, we have, you know, electronic marketing and print marketing, and I don't know, they divide it up in different ways. But I find your organization to be quite different than most. So talk about how you came to that and why you think the way you've divided up really helps clients. Again, this is my perspective of 20 years of marketing and really aligning expectations from clients. Um, I know that uh, there are a lot of different marketing deliverables, but I think this framework allows us to design a, a variety of marketing tools so that we're not spraying and praying and in, in really align with the expectations of those marketing vehicles so that you're putting the money in the right place. You're putting the money where you know that the expectation is aligned and there's no mismatch because that's the biggest issue with businesses. It's saying, you know what? There's so much to do in marketing. There's trends that come in and go. There are fads and things that, you know, I believe that I need to be doing because everybody's doing QR codes. All of a sudden I need to do QR codes. Everybody's right. I need to be on Instagram. I need to be on TikTok, yeah. right? Everybody's right. on TikTok. I have to. But, but it's like, <laughs> why do you need to be there? And if you knew that these types of marketing are created to elicit different responses, to create different things. I mean, and, and, and truthfully, I mean, if every business would consider incorporating to uh, different levels and different measures, the different types of marketing, I think they would feel that their budget goes, you know, is invested in the right places. And most importantly, create that clarity, that pathway of expectations. I mean, that's the biggest thing. And that's the reason why five types of marketing is an answer to the never ending inquiries of why does my marketing suck? Why, well, you know, and that, this is explanation of why. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. So, you know, I, I'm thinking back to small businesses I've worked with that I've started myself that I've had with friends and I think about all the challenges that we had with marketing we did a lot of marketing but because there are so many different ways to market your business how do you help clients decide where to focus 
the very limited time and money that lots of small businesses have. And, you know, a related question, I guess, is are there certain types of marketing or steps that every small business should really focus on? Absolutely. If when time is limited, the very first thing is, you know, do an assessment, see where you stand in the correlation of, you know, the different types, because that automatically tells you that benchmark of where you are, and it gives us a, a clear pathway of where people need to focus. Now, I always tell people, if you have limited budget, limited time, limited resources, my biggest recommendation is that you always look at your foundational marketing. And if you don't do anything else, executional marketing. Those are the two ones that I would highly recommend. You need to assess where you are with your foundation. And second, you need to have that ongoing deployment of regular intervals of communications because you are in business and that's your commitment. And that's exactly the way that you funnel amazing opportunities to come back to your business and, uh, and really land on those opportunities with executional marketing envisioning almost like a uh, a pyramid where the base platform is the foundational just like you said and then maybe there's another layer on top the executional so you have to get those kind of in place and nailed down first i don't want to put words in your mouth but that's kind of what i'm hearing and then as you solidify those then you can start sprinkling in some of the other layers is that a fair way to describe it yeah, that, that could be a way to, to do it. Um, and it also depends on their goals and objectives. Remember, I mean, it goes back to the why. Why am I doing this? Why is this important? You know, what is the change circumstance that is leading me to believe that I need to make this happen, that I need to lead with, you know, this type of, you know, uh, initiative, right? Because many times in order to activate an audience, you might want to do that, Time-bound marketing. Yeah, right? you might want to host an event to, you know, if you're opening up a place. Well, guess what? Let's have a ribbon-cutting ceremony to have gather content and photos and you know connections. Right. So it really just uh, depends. But I, I, my biggest mission is for people to know, for businesses to know, that not all marketing is created equal, and there are ways to create marketing vehicles that will lead you to where you're expecting it to. To, to lead you to and, and eliminate that frustration. Well, one of the things I love about your approach to marketing is not only you have this innovative five types of marketing, which is a, a very different way of breaking down and looking at marketing, I think, than a lot of firms, but you've also developed a series of cards to help clients improve their marketing. How did that come about? And, you know, talk a little bit about how that, how that works. The never ending question of what type of marketing vehicle should I deploy? Uh, should I do social media? Should I do email blasts? Should I do blogs? Should I do, what should direct, I do? Direct mail. I've heard lately I've been reading, oh, yes. everybody's getting back to direct mail. Everybody. I don't know if that's true or not. You know, it is, it is very true because Everybody used to do mail. Everybody used to do direct mail, everyone, right? And you get piles and piles and piles of mail. And then people started then going to the digital world. And now that everybody's been on the digital world, not a lot of people are doing direct mail. Now it's sort of coming back up as a wave. 
But again, this never ending question, Doris, of why should I do direct mail instead of email? Right, exactly. Why should I do this? So what I did is I took my years and years of experience and I basically simplified the marketing deliverables. And what I did is I identified why they were, what they were, what is the frequency required in order to make that successful? And what is the correlation between the investment and the effectiveness of that vehicle? And how, when you mix one, two, three, four, five, you get exponentially more results. So this became an amazing guide that was uh, shared in a lot of the small business development centers for small businesses to say, wow, I didn't know there were all these vehicles. I had no idea that this vehicle is more powerful and less expensive than the other vehicle. I didn't know that I can combine various different vehicles. Uh, I ended up creating a board game called the Chief Marketing Officer. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Employees. And, and you know what? It was because one of the innovation officers at the Illinois Mathematics and Science Academy came up to me and said, Jackie, this is absolutely brilliant. I want to build a board game with you. And we did case studies upon case studies with entrepreneurial students. And we came back with, you know, the algorithms, the case scenarios, the all the metrics in order for you to deploy a marketing strategy based on different scenarios and the algorithms behind it to be able to choose who the winner was based on based on the combination of those marketing deliverables. So it is uh, something that I, I feel very proud of. It was probably my first, besides my business book that also had a lot of marketing stuff, it was the first major contribution to my industry, those marketing deck of cards. I love it. I, I think it's just another reflection of the innovative way that you, you look at this. I mean, who else would come up with a board game for marketing? <laughs> so how do you help your clients? Maybe you could share a story or two of how your approach has helped some of your clients. And, you know, I don't want you to reveal any client confidences or anything like that, but I thought, if you do have a short story or two to share, people would probably enjoy listening to it. I love that. Um, so recently we had a client um, that was looking to develop a, a national launch campaign for a kind of an online educational platform. They uh, provide training for out-of-school educators. This is, you know, the out-of-school programs, uh, whether it be by the government or private and that really represents, you know, a huge uh, opportunity as they are coaching and training and guiding the students, right, for this all the uh, uh, out-of-school programs. They were looking to launch it, and we came up with some very innovative stuff. We launched an OST or uh, out-of-school um, program uh, award. Uh, we also deploy this beautiful, you know, talking about mailings, we deploy this amazing influencer kit that included a, you know, to follow my, my suit and my innovation on the deck of cards that uh, we created this beautiful deck of cards that were prompts for conversations, deeper conversations in the, in the industry. We created a, um, a book for them that talked about the 12 principles of OST and it was completely innovative. The box, um, the, 
the launch happened to be at different trade shows around the United States that were specifically geared for their audience. And now they're in the process of collecting nominations. Um, we're deploying the, the mailings of the, the physical influencer boxes that were custom made by us with all of the different ingredients, all of the different tools. And, um, and it has become a huge success. So now the client says, oh my gosh, like, you know, we as their right hand, we've been providing the strategy, the content, the ideas, the deployment, the creative, the, you know, the go-to-market strategy. And now they're like, wow, we love all the innovations, right? Uh, coming back from the pandemic and launching this in a physical sense, you know, at different trade shows and identifying what those were. And then curating a list for a very bullseye audience to get those influencer kits that I probably each, I don't know, 40, 50 bucks. They are now in the stage where they're like, we cannot do this alone. What you've been able to do for us and those legacy pieces that you've created, like the deck of cards, the books, the awards that they can now deploy every year for their industry to put them on the map. And then on top of that, you know, securing podcast interviews, media interviews, radio, TV, print, magazines along the way. You know, that means something, right? When you deploy something that is strategic, integrated, that it makes sense, that it's cohesive, consistent, it has continuity, you know, the, the difference you can see miles and miles away. Wow. That's amazing. You know, before we run out of time, I want to make sure that you have a chance to talk to listeners about your upcoming book that's going to be released. And it's obviously not your first book, but it's your latest one. So talk a little bit about what prompted you to write this one. Oh my God, this is very exciting because as I mentioned, I've been doing, you know, marketing for many, many years and um, I coined this five type of marketing methodology. So my book is called The Five Types of Marketing, A Blueprint for Successful Business in the 21st Century. The book is going to come out in June of this year. We are essentially launching this as my legacy to the industry. I would love this amazing book to be taught in, in universities at, you know, uh, with marketing uh, because I've had the pulse of this industry for 20 years and I know the, the trends, the things that have happened. I've been at the pulse of manufacturing, IT, professional services, nonprofits, B2B, B2C. I'm in the trenches with these businesses, right? I'm creating and paving the way for people to to lead the way in this so that's what i'm really excited about so when uh when is the book to, going to be released and when should people look for it the book will be released in june uh 2022 and uh, find me on amazon that's probably the best way and this by the way will be my 29th book that's insane yes Jackie, that's crazy you are an ever ready bunny, I think. You must. When do you sleep? I'm just, <laughs> that's a rhetorical question. So I saw on your website that there are resources to help people become speakers, which obviously is a great way to become a recognized authority or an expert in a particular subject but there's also one on writing a book and you know it's interesting because I've had several colleagues and friends lately write books and most of them have been 
disappointed. First of all, writing a book is a lot of time. It's a, uh, a very big endeavor, but I think there's more to it than just writing the book. So for people who might want to be an author or maybe they have a book in progress, what advice can you offer them in terms of making sure that all that time and energy they put into their book gets them the publicity or exposure that they're hoping for? First of all, I think uh, there's a misconception of why people write books, right? I mean, I wrote my first book because I wanted my children to know who their mommy was in case I died after surviving cancer two times at the age of 21 and, and at 23 years old, having pre-cancer and having my entire digestive system reconstructed and being told wow. that I might die in two weeks or I might be fit out of a tube for the rest of my life. So, you know, it's like you first need to be sure of why you're writing a book. Why, you know, why is this important to you? How is your legacy shared in the world and why is now the right time? If you're looking at a book as a business transaction, you're looking at it in the wrong way. Uh, a book is a legacy building piece is the most humble and amazing way to encapsulate your intellectual property, your legacy, and to impact people that, you know, you'll never meet. So, doing that you can of course use a book strategically from the marketing side you know to get speaking engagements to generate revenue to generate opportunities to create feel-good stories in the community but it's never the intended purpose only one percent of the people that write books become millionaires because of it and typically they are already millionaires because they have a huge <laughs> problem so you know the, the, for the rest of us in the world i mean the reasons to write a book is because you have something to say and you've identified that now is it right time to say it and that you uh, are sprinkling that legacy and as an extension of your personal brand because yeah. you want to add value to that community and on the other side there are a myriad of ways that you can monetize and you can create and you can connect and you can elevate and you can intercept conversations I mean I would not be where I am today at the helm of two successful international companies without having become an author. That was to me, one of the accelerators. I have traveled the world to four continents to share my inspiration because I'm an author. I have given opportunities to speak at an island, at a private island where 300 soldiers live with a, you know, 300 soldiers standing ovation in uniform and giving a coin of excellence by the U.S. Army because I'm an author, because I'm a speaker. And I've had so many micro moments along the way because of it. And um, and I think that's the biggest uh, the biggest reason. And yes, I've made a lot of money. I've sold thousands and thousands of books. I have museums. I buy my Latinas in Aviation book and that, you know, and one of them is doing a permanent exhibit on some of the authors that were featured uh, in my book. Jackie, so, I could foresee trying to get you to come back on the show just to talk about things to think about as you're writing a book and getting it published and then promoting it and actually successfully using it as a tool to achieve your objectives. Before I let you go, I would love to get your advice looking back over your own ventures as a woman CEO, as a Latina CEO. What advice looking back would you give to other small business people to help them have a better entrepreneurial journey? 
Well, I can probably write another book about that. But I mean, like you said, all the mistakes that we make, you know, starting a company. But there are two pieces of advice that I think uh, really stand out to me. Uh, one is be yourself. Everybody else is taken. Be yourself and be authentic. Um, I uh, I remember, you know, my first you know PR meeting with one of my mentors, and I uh, he was a very well known uh, journalist, you know, in the community. Kind of gone to the other side of PR as well, and uh, he took me under his wing, and we went to a meeting, and I was super excited. I mean, over the moon <laughs> to be in this meeting. And uh, when we got out of the meeting, he said, "Jackie, you said the word amazing like a thousand times. Next time, tone it down." And I got in my car and I started crying. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I didn't even feel like I said the word amazing, but I was genuinely excited. I called my other mentor and I said, should I tone it down? She's like, absolutely not. This is who you are. And I think later in, in, in my entrepreneurial career, when people found out that I meant well, that that excitement and motivation and magic was actually turning into results, you know, from that pragmatic side as well. They're like, oh, bring it on. I mean, this is so unique and so different. That's who who Jackie is, right? Yes. So be yourself. And, and, you know, the the sooner that you find yourself, the sooner that you find your authentic voice, your messages, the way that you want to share that with the world, don't be afraid of that. You know, it's like believing yourself. And the second thing is learn how to delegate because the success of an amazing entrepreneur lies on the ability to encapsulate their, his, her intellectual property and get results through other people, you know, basically build their wings. So delegate, delegate, delegate as much as you can so that you continue to create, you continue to evolve, imagine and grow and become successful. Great advice. If people are interested in learning more about JJR marketing or your upcoming book, or maybe they just want to shoot the breeze with you, what's the best way for people to get in touch? I love shooting the breeze, by the way. I'm like one of the busiest <laughs> people in the world. Me too. But, um, Me too. I love, you know, like giving back and like, hey, you want to brainstorm about your idea? Let's do it, right? And give them the best that I can. But um, they can go to jjrmarketing.com and that's probably the best way or jackiecamacho.com to allow them to, you know, just basically connect and download a bunch of resources that I have on all my websites, all my brands, um, always giving back, always creating opportunities to add value and connections. And, um, and I think that's, um, that's the most beautiful thing that I can, that I can share with people, you know, and I, I assume that there will be, or is information on your websites about your upcoming book too, so that people can look for that. Uh, I will probably have to add it to the JJR one, but if they go to JackieCamacho.com, they'll see all of my books, all of my programs and connections to all of the brands and businesses that we operate. And, And tell people one more time the title of your new book so they can watch for it. The Five Types of Marketing, A Blueprint for Successful Business in the 21st Century. Well, I'm definitely gonna watch for that book and I hope all of you out there do as well. It sounds like a great book and I'll be interested to learn more about Jackie's five different types of marketing in the book. So Jackie, thanks so much for being with me today. It was really a delight having you on the show. 
Thank you. You are paving the way for so many entrepreneurs. I'm very proud of you and, and what an honor to be here with you today. Thank you. Well, uh, well thank you very much. Uh, I, I am absolutely passionate that we need to feature more women entrepreneurs, more immigrant entrepreneurs, more entrepreneurs of color, people who you know are underrepresented out there and uh if i can help give any of you a hand please get in touch with me at d nagel n-a-g-e-l at the savvy entrepreneur.org you'll always get a response back from me be sure to join me again next saturday at 11 a.m noon central uh whoops let's try that the other way 11 a.m central noon eastern Until then, I'm Doris Nagel wishing you happy entrepreneuring.